Hi, my name is Tommaso, your student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here, I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions and who can help give me advice as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first year stories during our conversations. Today, we are welcoming Emma Rushlow, a senior political science major. Emma is the outgoing president of the Alpha Epsilon Phi Alpha Xi chapter, which she joined her freshman year, as well as on the communications management team for Huskython in charge of merchandise and apparel. Emma, we are so glad to have you here to talk to us about your experience at UConn. Would you please introduce yourselves to our listeners, your name, pronouns, hometown, and if you could trade places with any person for a week, famous or not, living or dead, real or fictional, who would it be? So my name is Emma Rushlow. Um, I use she, her, her pronouns. I'm from Wethersfield, Connecticut, so not too far away. And if I could trade places with anyone, I would trade places with Olivia Pope from Scandal, yeah. who's played by Kerry Washington. Um, I will say that she did make some very more morally questionable decisions, especially in the later seasons of the show, but she is a strong, confident woman in Washington, so... And I think it'd be the president is a bonus, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, let's dive right in. Um, first, starting with your educational journey and some questions about you. Um, what brought you to UConn and what factors influenced your decision to enroll here? So UConn actually was not my first choice at all. It was probably one of my last choices. I grew up playing competitive soccer, so I thought that I'd wanted to continue playing soccer in college. And I was also an in-state student, so I did not want to stay too close to home. Right. And I didn't want to keep bumping into people that I already knew. Uh, but my parents really wanted me to go to UConn. So are they alone? I enrolled. No, they are not. No, they just were like, be close to home, 30 yeah, minutes away. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, and so now you're here at the end of your senior year. So obviously Joe's stuck around. Yeah. Amazing. And so you also joined a sorority. Um, Why did you choose to do that? I really wanted to branch out because, like I said, I already knew a good amount of people here and I wanted to meet new people. And I also wanted the same kind of like team support system that I had on my soccer teams growing up. Did it work? <laughs> did you branch out? I did branch out. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you like get here and you said, no, actually, no, um, it was the wrong decision. Actually, I did I not. I don't know why I'm <laughs> yeah. the president of this. No. So that's great. Yeah. Um, and then... What legacy do you hope to leave behind when you graduate at the end of the spring semester? Um, I think I'd like to be remembered as a leader who dedicated herself to her chapter. Um, I always watched my older friends and my like mentors in my own chapter become leaders. And I remember really wanting to step into their shoes one day. Um, and I hope that at least when I served on my executive board that I kind of inspired other people to want to lead their chapter as well. Yeah, and you also hold leadership positions in Huskython too. So is that like different from Huskython to being president of a chapter? It is very different. I will say both of them are really big time commitments, but they're both really rewarding in different ways. Yeah, because you have like a whole, you got a whole crowd of people looking up to you. Yeah. Right? More <laughs> oh or less. Oh gosh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and then the f dreaded question that um, all of our seniors that we <laughs> ask on this podcast um, hate to answer, but where do you see yourself after graduating? And is there any particular job you have in plan? Well, it's a good question because I'm definitely struggling with what my next step is going to be. I don't know if I want to go to grad school or if I want to take a gap year um, or if I want to find a job, but um, I definitely am leaning towards finding a job and one that's in the civil service, so working for the government. It's something I've 
I've always kind of been drawn to. So I feel like that's probably the next step. So you're heading down to D.C. or you want to work local government? D.C. in an ideal world, but I think I'm going to have to start small and then kind of work my way up. And also, like, with a pandemic, like, nothing is going anywhere. Like, we realized, like, the whole world, everything (laughs) shut down for, like, a year. So no rush, right? (laughs) I guess. Um, So now let's talk more about sorority life as a president of your chapter. Um, What about Greek life involvement has made your college experience unique? And what opportunities have Greek life given you during your time at UConn that you might not have had? I will say that Greek life pushed me very far out of my comfort zone. I was certainly more introverted when I came into college. And that's not to say that I'm still not introverted, but I've definitely come out of my shell more. And I owe a lot of that to my older mentors that aren't in the chapter anymore. They graduated, but they always pushed me to do things that I didn't think I necessarily could do or was capable of. Being in Greek life has also given me an opportunity to work with people and meet people who I otherwise would not have, especially the staff that works in the Center for Fraternity and Sorority Development. I had two graduate assistants that both um, were always there for me, and they really helped me find my footing coming into the position and also like sustaining myself in the position. Um, and I'm also really thankful for this woman. Her name is Rinda Riccio. She works in the office as a full-time staff member, and she gave me a lot of support and guidance and also reassurance because sometimes you're not confident in the decisions that you make or <laughs> yeah, you second-guess yourself, but she really helped me become more confident and sure of myself in my position. Was president something you always like had your mind on or was it never like you like you didn't show up and you're like, I'm gonna be president of the sorority? I knew that I wanted to be on exec at some point and I was the vice president of risk management my sophomore and junior year. Um, being president was never really on the radar for me because I wanted to go abroad spring of my junior year. And that did not happen. So COVID (laughs) threw a wrench in that plan. But I am really thankful for the way that it worked out. Yeah. And did being um, president of risk risk management, being in charge of that, do you think that helped you in your presidency right now? It definitely helped. Ironically, the president before me was also the vice president of risk management. So it's kind of like a a natural progression. Um, But that position definitely helped, especially in the context of COVID and really having to step up for the chapter and make sure people were safe and doing things that were going to benefit them, right. both like physically and mentally. So Yeah, you're looking out for them. And um, so now you're here, you're president of this chapter. What has been the most fulfilling outcome of your involvement in Greek life? I think just becoming more confident in myself and especially because I'm surrounded by women. Um, I, like I said before, was very introverted coming into college and I always kind of second guessed myself and I didn't really know where I would fit in here, which is another reason why I wanted to branch out. But I could not be the person I am today without it. If you had told me that I would stand up in front of 150 people every week and talk to them and give them advice or help them through their own personal like journeys I would have probably laughed and like I am not that type of person super supportive environment and people love to like shit on Greek life all the time for whatever reason um but it 
it's just like any other community or group of people, especially, and might not be special interests, but it takes mm-hmm. people from all different walks of life at UConn and puts them into this one thing. So mm-hmm. that, I think that's pretty great. Um, and describe your first experiences in AFI and, um, and how did you know that AFI was your home on campus? So um, going through the recruitment process my freshman year, I was very, very nervous. It was kind of a whirlwind process. It was very intense. You're P&M. talking to people for maybe 10 minutes the first day, and you're kind of running around from different places to meet different people, and I was really anxious about it. Um, the second day of recruitment is philanthropy day, and there's always some sort of craft or activity that you do in each chapter, and ours was bracelet making. And I remember it was one of the last rounds of the day, and we were told, like, we're going to make a bracelet. Um, It's geared towards children, so try and use, like, uplifting or inspiring words. And I'm like, okay, Okay, great. I I love, love the craft. And I go to pick up the beads, and they're lettered beads and there are no letters left to create words out of so I'm kind of sitting there panicking like what am I gonna do with this and the woman I was talking to just kind of like noticed that I was freaking out internally and she was like it's really not a big deal like we can take apart some of these bracelets and make words out of it (laughs) so she saw me kind of not necessarily feeling uncomfortable, but feeling really unsure of myself. And she immediately made me feel comfortable. And I felt that same feeling throughout the rest of recruitment, especially as the days get longer and you have more real conversations. I always felt like they were really authentic conversations. And as much as they were trying to get to know me, I was also trying to get to know them and their chapter and their friends Mm -hmm. in the chapter. So it always just felt like a comfortable environment for me to be in. Right, and it's, it's like you said, it's a two-way street. Like, I've seen friends go through the recruitment process this year and stuff after not being able to last year because of COVID and um, all that. And it's like coming home at the end of each night and being like, all right, like, I got to re-rank them because, you know, maybe this sorority isn't actually the right fit. Maybe I feel mm-hmm. like I wouldn't find my home here. Um, and it seems to always work out pretty well. Like, everyone's like, this is mine. Let me rep these letters. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty great. Um, and then what is a piece of advice you would give our listeners who are thinking about joining Greek life, whether they're incoming freshmen or transfer students? Or I would say if you're thinking about it, just kind of take the leap and put yourself out there. But when you do put yourself out there, be authentic, be yourself, and look for yourself and who you're talking to, especially when you try and figure out, you know, where you're going to be for not the next four years, but for life. It's really (laughs) cheesy. People always say that, but you want to be a part of something that aligns with your values and who you want to see yourself become. So I think that if you're thinking about joining Greek life, go in with that intention of finding people that are going to help you grow and also trust your gut. You'll know where you belong based off the conversations you have and kind of like the overall like vibe, I guess, of the sorority and the people that you're talking to. And if you do join, get involved as possible, make the most out of it because it will only benefit you in the end. Yeah, we had um, a couple of members from the School of Business on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about 
um, networks and how important networking is. And that's ultimately what it's going to, like, they are your friends and stuff, but ultimately it's a, it's a huge network of people that you automatically have something in common in. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a plus, right, in the career <laughs> world as well. Um, maybe in D.C., who knows? A little <laughs> yeah, Elwood's El Woods action. Um, so talking more about your presidency, what motivated you to run for president of AEFI? And did you previously hold any leadership roles? I mean, we, we already answered that question, but what made you run? Um, well, like I said before, I didn't ever envision myself becoming president, and COVID prevented that opportunity for me. Um, I personally was really inspired by the president before me, Phoebe. She was faced with a lot of challenges, not just with COVID, but also with the implementation of a new chapter accreditation program from the, from the university. And she put in a lot of the groundwork for it, and I really wanted to continue the work that she began and also serve my chapter and be the leader that the chapter needed in a time where it was kind of uncertain what was going to happen in the next semester and even the next year. And here we are on the podcast, right? (laughs) Um, So things kind of worked out. Um, And taking on a leadership role can be overwhelming. We also mentioned you have a leadership role within Huskython. How do you balance your sorority life, your other leadership positions, and your academic life um, this year. We're in finals week right now, getting a little stressful. (laughs) How do you do it? I will say it was a little difficult at first to navigate. Um, I was always really busy with a few different things. Um, But for me, it was about setting aside time for each thing and also just for myself. I always knew that I had deadlines that I couldn't miss, especially for accreditation purposes. And it was really important to me that I was getting these things done because I had the chapter relying on me. So I kind of knew if I wasn't getting these things done, then I wasn't representing my chapter well or doing my job, really. Um, I also had out-of-office hours in my position. you have to hold? Well, they were out of office, oh, so, so you could not there. reach me, talk to at me. certain times because I also found myself doing things at like the randomest hours of the night or yeah. during the day or sometimes, as bad as it sounds, like putting things before school, which I stopped doing because just mentally it was draining, but setting aside time for each thing was something that definitely helped me. Yeah, you got to set boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's really easy to, especially when you hold leadership positions and you want to make sure that everyone is comfortable and happy to just sacrifice yourself and like lay yourself on the road and say, listen, like I'll do whatever. Um, but then the next step, like I think is, like you said, saying, no, you, I can't do this for you right yeah. now. Um, I got to take care of myself yeah. first. Unless it's an emergency, I'll respond to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right? You just get that reply and say, Emma's out of office right now. <laughs> and so you've had some challenges, but what was some of your favorite parts about being president of EFI? I have really loved watching younger members develop confidence and leadership skills And really step up to be leaders in the chapter, even if they don't hold a chair position or they're not on our executive board, they're still stepping up for the chapter and being leaders in their own ways. Um, And standing up in front of the chapter each week at our chapter and leading our members in our core value statement is something that has been really special to me. And 
every time I read it in front of the chapter, it reminds me of the responsibility that I have as a leader because we all stand and read it together. And it reminds me of how I'm responsible for the chapter, but also like I'm still a part of the chapter and yeah. we're all still the same. Do you people. kind of feel like when you see those younger members stepping up, you're like, that was me. Like, I'm like, I see you. Yeah, I see you. That's that's exactly <laughs> why I was here. Say, like, anybody want to be risk risk management <laughs> and then president? Um, so awesome. And then your experience coming into office during a virtual spring semester, what was that like? What were some of the challenges you had to overcome? And then now being in person, how was that transition out of it? Well, a little more than half <laughs> of my term as risk was virtual, which was very difficult to transition to because the beginning half of it was in person. Um, and it was kind of, the difficulty was kind of compounded by the fact that we were going through COVID and it was the beginning of COVID. And it really became my job and my responsibility to educate the chapter on COVID, especially in relation to UConn and like state policies. And I was trying to do my best to keep my chapter safe and also just equip people with like the knowledge to make their own decisions that would keep themselves and also other people safe. Um, another challenge was just general apathy, especially in the fall. A lot of people had Zoom fatigue. I definitely had Zoom fatigue. I lived at home last year, so all of my classes were fully virtual. Yeah. I was tired too. Um, it was hard to engage with people, but we definitely made it work. We had a lot of fun little virtual events. We always had themed chapter, yeah. so we'd pick a different theme every chapter. One was like dress like a sister you think is funny or like dress like one of your friends in the chapter, and we always got a good kick out of that, especially the backgrounds people put behind <laughs> them on Zoom. Um, but I think being virtual, I learned to be more sure of myself and the decisions I was making, especially when we transitioned back to in-person because... From the outside looking in, it's really easy to judge a leader's position in Greek life or not, if you're a leader in any position. Um, but it's different when you're leading yourself and no one understands kind of what you're going through or your methodology, except for the people who were already in your shoes. So I always knew that I was making the correct decisions that were gonna benefit my chapter and my members. But just kind of reminding me myself of that was something that was really simple, but also really helpful. Yeah, and it's a good lesson to carry, like you said, regardless of what you're involved in. We only had ourselves to rely on in those <laughs> Zoom calls. So being back in person, it's probably a lot easier for you to say, if I can handle, if I can handle that and be on my own, be on, and I can come back and mm -hmm. help now that I do have that support system back in place. Um, and stronger, stronger than ever. <laughs> and bouncing off of that, how was it like bouncing a hybrid formal recruitment? Oh, wow. We had some really fun technical difficulties Did you love it? the first day. Um, I won't go as far as to say it was a disaster <laughs> the first day, but there were some rounds that definitely um, increased my anxiety. Yeah, panic just like really set in. You're like, oh, oh no. Yes, yeah. Um, Computers crashing left and right, people getting logged out of accounts, right. Wi-Fi, the whole shebang. Um, but aside from that, I think that the hybrid model was really beneficial, and I would like to see it happen every year. Mm -hmm. 
like I kind of touched on before, recruitment when it was fully in person was very intense. And especially the first two days, you're kind of like running around being moved every 20 minutes to different places on campus. And it creates a really stressful environment. Is that like part of it, you think? You're like, let's see if the girls can handle. <laughs> handle <laughs> oh, this. gosh, no. I don't know how I did. Um, it creates a really stressful environment when I don't think it should be. Yeah. It should be relaxed. You should should not be nervous about it. Um, but especially on days one and two with it being virtual, kind of the more hectic rounds, it allowed for more relaxed conversations right. and people weren't as nervous about it. And I also think that it just cut down on the nerves on both sides of the screen, not only us as like members of the chapter, but also for the PNMs because Neither of us really had any specific expectations going into it. Because it was brand new format. Right, which I think was ultimately more helpful. And it probably also makes it more accessible, especially for people. Um, like, were you allowing off-campus students to rush, too? Yeah, regional campus students can also become involved in Greek Yeah, so life, that's so. probably pretty cool um, mm-hmm. to get more numbers in your door, too. Build that foundation, that community. Um, so moving towards our closing questions... We've made it through the interview. Take a deep breath. <laughs> um, thinking more big picture, what do you think the purpose of college is? And I'm going to kind of amend that to what do you think the purpose of Greek life is? I think the purpose of college and also Greek life to an extent is to grow as an individual through new experiences. Coming to college as a freshman is kind of jarring for some people because it really is the first time you're living on your own and you have to transition to taking care of yourself and kind of having no oversight over yourself, which can be difficult because you're kind of like an adult now. You're in charge of yourself. You can kind of dictate what you do, but that also allows you to discover new passions. You can dive into learning. You can meet new people, whether that's other students, coworkers, professors, um, and you go through a lot of maturing in college. Should come good. <laughs> you should come out <laughs> being more mature than you started. Hopefully, but I think that the purpose is really to grow as an individual and to become better than you were when you came in. Yeah, or maybe not better, but different. Different. Yeah. yeah. You can't. Um, I'm in a. I was taking a history class this semester, and my teacher was like, "You can't say something in history." It was like bad but mm-hmm. good because that's all they had at the time so i think that's like a good way to look at your self-growth too like it's like mm-hmm. i wasn't bad back then i was just not Different. as evolved right <laughs> um there was a ton of learning done in these four years um and this is our signature question we ask all of our guests um the listeners are probably tired of hearing me say it <laughs> um but we're all first at something whether you're the first person in your family to go to college or the first president of your sorority What were something that you were the first at, and how did that impact your life story? I am the first in my family to join Greek life. Mm -hmm. Both of my parents went to college, but they were not involved in Greek life. Um, I think that this has given me a really unique opportunity, specifically as president, to lead a group of 150 women, which is not something a lot of people get to do ever or in college. And this also just isn't limited to Greek life because there aren't a lot of clubs with this volume of people on campus. It really helps solidify my desire to like leave, lead and to serve other people. Um, like I said before, I've always kind of felt a desire to work in 
civil service, to be a civil servant. And I think that this kind of solidified that wish or this yeah, dream, I guess, that I that I have. Cool. Awesome. And I don't mean to say cool, like, that's a great answer. I just, I feel like what you have to say is very, um, I don't know what I'm even saying. Um, anyways, let's just move on. Um, so it's our last question, but it's not my question. It's your question. You get to ask me a question. Um, so take it away. My question to you is, what have you learned from the people you've interviewed and what has been the most fulfilling aspect of hosting this <laughs> podcast? Well, funny you ask that. Um, so we're coming up on, we're sort of ending, coming around the curve of season two. We have like a couple more episodes to film. So now being a freshman and interviewing people as a freshman and hearing about their first years versus now this season when we kind of focused on student leaders, there's definitely been some growth, I think. Also, just like I've got the skills under my belt now. I think one fulfilling thing was um, I'm like a real, I'm a talker. Like I love to talk <laughs> to people, but sometimes my mouth moves faster than my brain. So I'll, like like even just now, I was like, cool. And, but my brain is like processing, like what should I say now? I feel that. That's so, why I have notes. <laughs> so I think that this podcast has really helped me be able to slow down and be like, okay, awesome, listen to what the person has to say and then come out with like a fully formed thought and not just like <laughs> word vomit where I start talking just to talk. Um, and that's been really great. And I also think it's exposed me to a bunch of different people because I talk about a lot, like I came to college and I had interest in high school and I wanted to keep doing those interests. So I started doing those things and this podcast, the podcast has helped me not just do those things and hear about other um, parts on campus that I might not have gotten involved in and hope to get involved in. But my schedule is pretty busy, so that's kind of like an empty <laughs> statement right now. So hoping in the next few years I can do that. But yeah, I think that's my answer. I think it has been really fulfilling, and I'm, I'm glad we're at the end of season two. I'm glad um, that I've had the team to support me because it's easy to... Like, it's not just me. People are like, oh, the podcast, you're so amazing. I was like, dude, like, I don't write the questions. I don't edit it. I just talk. Like, that's what I'm good at. So, yeah, I'm happy to have the team support. Anyways, that's a long-winded answer to your question. But it's a very well thought out answer. <laughs> thank you. There you go. There you go. Um, but thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so glad we've gotten to do a Greek Life episode because I think there's a lot of assumptions people make. So, hearing from someone firsthand should be great um and thank you to our listeners for listening and as always roll skis the my first year story podcast is a production of the university of connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the office of first year programs learning communities the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu backslash mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at uconnfyp.